SAFM Literature with Nancy Richards. And here on SAFM Literature, still to come in the second hour, going to be, well, as I said earlier, it's not quite a brown paper cover, but we're going to be talking about a book, about a book called Simply Untitled. It's more of a sort of an ink blot on the cover, and it's handwritten, and it's by Gebertli Moele, and it's his fourth book, and he's in our Johannesburg studio. I'm looking forward to chatting to him about this book, which he, which he voices through the, the voice of um, a 17-year-old girl, which is a really interesting uh, concept, so we'll hear about that. And then in our bookshelf feature, and don't forget this is your, uh, your moment when you can tell us what you're reading. And our reader today is Rea Mohetswe Mofalazzi. And uh, don't forget, if you'd like to let us know what you're reading, you can uh, contact us on books at safm.co.za, books at safm.co.za, or me, Richards N at SAFM. And if you do tell us what you're reading and you're not necessarily keen to come on the air and talk about it, if you do, uh, just give us a couple of lines, tell us a little bit about what it's all about, because if we're going to recommend it, it'd be nice to give people a bit of a heads up on that one. And then in our story feature, the story today, a documentary, it comes with a little bit of a song. I went to visit a body and bath factory in Swellendown and found so much more than soap. And we called the documentary Singing in the Rain. It's party Sorry. time, South Africa. It's the Ram Slam T20 Challenge. Catch the Sunfoil Dolphins as they do battle against the Chevrolet Warriors at Sahara Stadium, Kingsmead, Sunday, 26 January. Match gets underway 12 p.m. sharp. Tickets are available at ticketpros.co.za. Select and post that outlet or at the stadium. Ram Slam T20 Challenge. It's Bang Bang Cricket. Don't miss it. My name is Anele and I vote because I want to be heard. Hi, I'm Sashi Naidu and I vote because I'm proud of my freedom. I'm Joey Razin. I'm voting because South Africa is the best country in the entire world. Hi, I'm Lira and I vote because my vote is my voice. Nice. <laughs> Your last chance to register to vote is on 8 and 9 February. Call 0800 11 8000 or visit elections.org.za for more information. IEC. I vote South Africa. SAFM Literature here on SAFM. Well, with his latest book, Hebetli Moele has taken on what I can only imagine must have been a really tough task because he's written his book through the voice of 17-year-old Mocheti. And uh, Mocheti dreams of studying at Oxford in the UK with the operative word, I think, being on dreams because dreams in most cases just stay just that and in more cases are completely shattered. And uh, it's been described as Untitled Explores, the challenges that face young women trying to escape the poverty into which they have been born. Mocheti's life is all about overcoming poor education, escaping sexual predators, young and old, and dealing with a lack of positive role models in her township. Yes, absolutely. Well, it's been called, uh, the the book is called Untitled, and we have Hebertli in our Joburg studio. Hi there, how nice to have you with us. Well, thank you very much for having me. Now you're not a, you're not new to writing, Fabetli. I think this is your fourth your fourth book. It's the third. Your third, okay. But forgive me, I gave you another one there. Thank you. Um, you chose this is oh this is quite a hard book. It's quite a tough book because of all the things that it represents, not just the story itself, but all that it represents. Why did you decide, firstly, to make it actually through the voice of a young girl? 
Well, the, the thing that I, um, I'm always facing when I'm trying to tell a story, it's how do I do it in a way that it can have an impact on people because the story becomes a usual story, but how do you put it on a new level and refresh the people's mind about things that are happening around? So I, I, I thought that was the best way to tell the story, to give the woman the voice to tell her own life, how, he li- how she lives it, and how she survives every day. But you made a you made a tough task for yourself. I mean, it, that was a challenge because very often it said, you know, you write what you know, write what goes on in your head. I mean, what sort of level of research did you have to do to find out how a young seventeen-year-old would think and talk? Well, that's, that's one of those things challenging about a writer because you're trying to portray not only your personal life and your personal experience. You you you're putting everything on paper and you have to, 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 to reflect all the characters that you're talking about. So with this one, I don't know, I wasn't in the community, so everything was happening around me, but I had to like um, walk very slowly and try and observe the way everybody that I wrote about was doing their thing, living their own life. I mean, and so most of the research was from observation, not really... Yeah, so just literally what you pick up along the way. But the story, I mean, obviously you were moved to tell this tale because of, you know, what I just read out there about the challenges that so many young women face, you know, the, not just poverty of financial poverty, but poverty of education, poverty or, you know, the challenges that they face with being uh, predated, if that's the right word, by guys all over the place. Did you, did you want to put this message across? Did you think it was time to talk about it again? Well, I thought maybe something will be done because what happens necessarily, it's the stories they come out. A celebrity dates a 16-year-old girl. It makes a story, but nothing really happens. And it's sort of, it's like a perpetuation of a situation where a celebrity is being put on a spot for dating a young girl. And suddenly, three months down the line, the story dies out and nothing really happened. Nobody was found guilty of any wrongdoing in the situation. And then when I wrote the story, I was writing about the young girl in the book who was raped by a teacher. And I wanted, how do I tell the story in a way that can make the nation realize there's a war going on very silently within our own civil society where nobody's doing anything about it where it goes like nobody even cares about it. Yes, and all the people who she might go to talk about it, they are the ones who are, are perpetuating it, and so it goes on it, towards the end of the book that you, you refer to the fact that um, it doesn't matter how much you talk about it, it keeps going on because these are the guys who keep sort of, who are the perpetrators ongoing. So tell us a little bit about how you began. I mean, I, you know, you start with a line and end with a line. I think I wouldn't be giving too much away to say, I now pronounce myself deflowered. It's where it begins and where it ends. Tell us a little bit about her. Well, what, <coughs> excuse me. What happened was um, I dated the girl, or not really dated her, when she, she, she was raped while I was in Johannesburg. And when I got home, I was hanging around in the street and I met her and I started to talk to her and then suddenly 
um, she was like something, an, aud- an audit in the community, and then so I wanted to understand that, and then people said, you're talking to that girl, no, she's not to be talked to, I said, why? And then when I get to the to the bottom of the story, and then I understand what happened, and I talk about the story, I was talking about the girl with another girl, and suddenly the experiences of the first girl and the second one were the same, and then the only problem was the second girl, uh, the teacher didn't get a chance to rape as much, so I kind of put that into my mind, and then it, it stuck with me what happened, and so one day I was trying to write a poem, and so that was the first line that came up, and I think it was the only line, so it kind of, it became the first line in the and the last line of the poem, because it was the only line in the poem. Yes, and and there's, there is more poetry inside, and it's, it's her poetry, if you like. The fact that you've called it untitled is a sort of, um, there's a sort of sense of hopelessness about that too. Why did you go with untitled as a title? After writing the book, um, I was thinking, what do I call this book? And so... I couldn't pin it down. I couldn't like name it and say, this is what it should be. And so that's what happened. It became untitled. I've got it. I've got it. And and the book I was sort of saying it's not exactly a brown paper cover, but it does look like a sort of school exercise book with a with a blot on it because it it in some ways it is her talking, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Tell us about her because she she's seventeen and her particular circumstances. She and her brother or living with their grandmother, just contextualize her. I think I did in the book, she's contextualized already. But for people who haven't read the book, who might like to read the book, tell us a little bit about her. Mokhati is a 17-year-old girl, she's growing up in a very pure neighborhood, and she she's an orphan, she and her brother are orphans, so they are living with their maternal grandmother, and so they're trying to survive every day in which they feel less appreciated by their guardians and at the same time they're trying to survive in a community that is ravaged by poverty and things happen and so so many things happen there that she 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 becomes just something that she feels that the whole her whole life has been a struggle to live it and, and indeed it is in fact uh you know we talk about her you talk about her dreams right at the beginning she's a bright girl she wants to do well she has dreams to go and study further but she's not able to why well it's because of of, of the setting in, in which she finds herself and one thing the real life Mokheti, um, her mother is a graduate of the University of, of of the North, and unfortunately she passed away. And so, that the fact that her mother was a graduate, she wanted to to be a graduate as well. So that's why she's been motivated to to achieve. And at the same time, she finds herself in, in, in with these guardians who don't really care about her as much as she should appreciate parents and guardians to be. And so she finds herself in in a fighting sport in the whole in her life, and then she can't really n- decide 
and she doesn't have anywhere to go, nowhere to run. She's just stuck there in the middle of it all. And, that, you know, the sad thing is that at first she's at what she refers to as her old school, which is a private school, and then suddenly there isn't any money for her to, to go there anymore, and she has to go to a new school, which is not such a good school. And, and it's heartbreaking because, uh, you know, as I say, sorry if I'm giving too much away here, but the headmaster of the old school is very keen that she should stay, and at the new, but she's not able to, so she goes to the new school where nobody really seems to care. And... And so role models, if you like, are the guys who have dropped out of school and have made lots of money, which seems to be a sort of um, a reflection on how things are. D- does that, is that something that upsets you a lot? Most of the time I get upset with everything in life, mostly. But what happened there it, it is the contradiction between, I think, the two headmasters when you see the the, the the way they care about the the little girl you, if if you like compare them they they they, they seal the story of what 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 really is happening because the, the 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 first headmaster has interest in the future of the girl and then the second one has other interest in the future of the girl as well so i think the story of the two headmasters sums everything up and i think it, it sums up the sadness that that I wrote the story in because I can understand lack of role models. I can understand why a pauper went from nothing to making millions, but that doesn't annul the fact that the influence that we need, the basic influence that we need, we need it in our teachers. Yes, we do. Yes, we need teachers to be teaching, but we also sadly rely on teachers to be role models, which doesn't so much happen. You know, the issue of young girls like Mocheti suffering, and this seems to be sort of almost a norm, you know, for very many girls, they will undergo the sort of experiences that she has. What do you see that could be done about it? I mean, you've written a book about it. You've shone a a light onto the circumstances to say, look, this is not okay. It was triggered by the fact that you, you know, you felt that people were rapists, were just getting away with it. What would you like to see happen? How would you like to see your book used to change things? Um, It's not necessarily the book itself. It's the constitution. Because if we can look at it and we go and judge everybody according to the constitution then everything will be fine but if we are in a position of saying books are going to solve what the constitution has already solved for us it's just we need to make the constitution live Mm. to a point that it gets to somebody who is in the very rural areas of our communities who is in the most poorest of the communities the constitution must live and then if the constitution only lives for the elite it becomes functionless. Do you think that it's the sort of book that it would be a good idea for school kids to read? Um, would it be Would it be helpful for them? Would it be? What do you think? I, I would say yes, because it, it, it speaks about them. It, it, it puts them on on a, on a stage and. They, they, they kind of, you know, it, it, it would be like a mirror where you're looking at yourself and you're looking, how do I look? How does this person compare to me? And then at the same time, I think if they could do that, 
well, they, they, they could be in a much better position to decide for themselves, to know the traps that are laid out for them on their way to living their future. So could it be a set book? Or, I mean, do you think it would perhaps do more, more good than harm? Yeah, it's, it's a very thin question, that one, but I think it'll do more good. Yeah, yeah. I, You know, I, it's difficult, isn't it? Because by, in a way, by sort of exposing this is how awful it is, it almost sort of perpetuates it. it it's a very difficult thing. Was it a difficult book to write? Did you, did you struggle to stay with Mohetsi's voice all the way through? No, not, not necessarily, because um, she was my friend, and the character Mukherjee was derived from a friend of mine in real life. The character of almost everybody, of all the girls in the book, are derived from mm-hmm. real life. So it, it, it was not necessarily difficult to write, yeah. but I just felt, well, from a creative level, I felt I did it right, but I don't know. Yeah. I, n- I need to ask you one question. Yeah. Did I do it right? <laughs> Turning the tables. I think you did it right. I think you did it right. And I, I particularly like the, the poetry, which is Mohetti's uh, poetry. Um, and I think that, that that was a really neat sort of way, because she's a, a very thoughtful girl, and you've, you've gone into the poems that she wrote there. How was that? Because you, you, you write a lot of poetry? I used to, not, not, not anymore. I used to write a lot of poetry, but I, I, I don't think I'm a good poet. Are any of the characters, I, I suppose I'm thinking of Kutso here, any of the characters that you relate to? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I relate to them all. I went to a private school, so I related to the headmaster there. I, I went to a public school, high school. I related. I had a relation, not as fruitful as the one that I had in private school, but there was a relationship there, and so even the teachers, there was a relationship, because there was one one scene when I was in, in, in a township high school, I came to school late, and then we were all supposed to get punished, and I got, I got whipped, I mean, three lashes, and this girl, she didn't get anything, but she was late, so I, I asked myself, how is this... And apparently, when I asked, the teacher who beat me up, uh, was his, she was her, his girlfriend, so it kind of made the whole thing, and that's when I started a sort of something um, to disrespect the teacher in question. And so I think those are the relationships that I had within everything, where the deterioration of the school morale it, it related to the teachers. That's what I'm saying. We don't necessarily need role models in our lives. If we have teachers, those are our role models because a role model will only pass in a Ferrari, like go around making loud noise and playing music. But a teacher, you sit with him in the classroom mm-hmm. each and every day of your life. Those are kind of things that I think what role models is, it's not some, somebody that you see on television singing a song, no. Yeah. But when, when, when you sit down with a teacher and then you have a relationship with a teacher, that's where the role, mo- the, the, the role model part of, of life becomes. And then that's what you want to achieve because this person knows you better than the guy who passes you in a car on the road. He knows what you like. He knows 
your intelligence. Yeah. He knows yeah. your potential. He knows everything about the students. So that's what I think we need more. We need teachers and not pedophiles. You are absolutely right. Khabetli Moele, thank you very much. And uh, the book is called, once again, it's called Untitled and it's published by Quella. Very best of luck with all your writing that's ahead. Thank you, Khabetli. Thank, thank you. Very you. Much, thank you.